Good evening, guys. This is Dog Sports Live. It's game week. We've been here all offseason talking and dissecting all the news and all the players and all the additions and subtractions, but we're here. Graham, are you jacked up for the game? I am jacked up, man. Uh, it's finally game week. We've been talking about this uh, you know, for months and months. We've been talking about this Clemson matchup since it was announced the last summer, so you know, a little over a year. Um, and yeah, man, I flew uh, flew from Durango to North Carolina today. Got a early morning go dogs uh, when I was boarding uh, a jet in Durango at six a.m. Had a nice old couple uh, that was that was heading east for the game as well. So felt like there was already some energy on a Tuesday morning. Um, people are fired up, man. It's it's football season. Yeah, you know Georgia travels well. It doesn't surprise me that there are more than just. More than just one dog out west coming to the game. <laughs> Very true. Well put. Dogs out west coming. All right, so let's get to it. Um, we've talked a lot about this. We've we've got two shows up on on Georgia and Clemson, but we're going to get into this game week. So, what have you? Uh, what can? What, what do you want to add to what we've already discussed on the other shows? Uh, yeah, man. So, I mean, like you said, we we've done some pretty thorough breakdown so we obviously don't want to uh repeat any of that stuff i think what i really have, have wanted to look at a little bit more from a uga standpoint is just uh how you know how is how is georgia going to look when they attack this clemson defense and with brent venables there's a a really uh well-patterned style there you know uh, he's he's not secretive about what he's going to do he's kind of old school um and we you know we mentioned this before on one of our previous shows, but he loves to bring pressure and he loves to bring, you know, exotic blitzes from all over the field in any sort of down in situation. And he particularly likes to make sure that the quarterback is going to feel some heat on third downs because he wants the ball out quick. He wants to force mistakes. So um, obviously Clemson, you know, their first game uh, against Notre Dame in 2020, they lost, and as many Clemson fans have pointed out in our YouTube comments, I'm I'm well aware that they were missing some guys for that game. Um, but Notre Dame still had a good amount of success through the air in that football game, and I think we can learn from that. And so uh, in that first game, Venables blitzed Ian Book on 55% of his dropbacks, and they only got pressure on, on about 32% of those plays. And so when – you see Clemson blitz, you know, there, there's an advantage there possibly if Georgia can hold them off. And so like that, you know, that loss by Clemson, they, they did have some guys out on the, in the interior line and that's probably part of the reason why they were blitzing so much. So I, I would be surprised to see them blitz JT Daniels uh, quite, quite that much, but yeah, I mean, we, we covered it on here. Like when they were not able to get pressure with their front four uh, book, book burned them, you know, and, and book exposed those cover zeros and loose zones. And, and we saw Justin Fields do the same thing for Ohio state. Um, the second time that, that Notre Dame and Clemson played Venables kind of adjusted his game plan and he only blitz book on, on 28% of his dropbacks. Um, and, and I think what's important to note is that Clemson got pressure on 30 36% of Ian books dropbacks in that game. So they were getting pressure with their front four, they weren't having to blitz. And because of that, you know, it, it changed the number game. It changed the amount of guys that they had in coverage. And 
Notre Dame was not successful in that game on offense. Um, so I think. So, you know, so what do you think? You think it'll be more of the second Notre Dame game where they're they're going to try to just uh, put pressure on JT with with the front four, and or do you think they're going to have to bring more than those those guys and uh, and to get pressure on us? I think if you can answer that question right now, then you can predict who's going to win this game. Um, truthfully, like I think that's kind of the million dollar question, and if Georgia is is able to to at least you know hold up and and hold off that front four and give JT time uh, when they're just bringing four, I think that you know raises their odds in this game. If they're able to protect JT when Clemson blitzes, then Georgia will win this football game. I'm going to go ahead and just say that straight out because. Cause I think that's, you know, what the numbers bear and I feel pretty good about it. Uh, we throw up that little passing pressure chart we yep. have on JT. Cause I, I, you know, I think the reason why I say that uh, with, you know, such conviction is just that if you look and, and this is PFFs uh, grades for, for JT Daniels last year for, for his four games. But um, when he was, cl- you know, when he was kept clean, he was a, a 91.9 graded passer which is which is really good um but if you look you know when he was blitzed and when he was not blitzed his passing grade is about the same uh and so i think you know there's a lot of quarterbacks and particularly young quarterbacks are often known to kind of panic when when blitzing happens and you know they they try to get the ball out too quick or they force decisions and Sometimes they, they, they don't keep their eyes downfield and they start looking for a place to run and they run into that pressure. Daniels is not that guy. Uh, JT is going to you know stand in the pocket. He's going to stand tall. He's going to be comfortable. And I think if you're a Georgia fan or a Clemson fan watching this for that matter, um, on Saturday night when you see Clemson you know creeping up into the box and bringing extra rushers, like those are probably going to be some of the pivot points in this game. I think that, you know, there's a a very good chance that the big plays either way, whether it's a havoc play for Clemson's defense and a sack or a fumble or a turnover or a big play downfield for Georgia's offense is going to happen when when Venables blitzes. And, you know, he's a guy that likes to force the issue. So I think we're going to see him blitz. Uh, You know, I I posted some stuff on Twitter last night about – Daniels and, and how how well he does against the blitz and uh, Matt Connolly with on three the Clemson beat writer for those guys mentioned that Venable said in his press conference yesterday uh, that, that JT Daniels is one of the best quarterbacks in the country against pressure so I, I'm more apt to believe that we're going to see him um, you know blitz less he's I don't think he's going to blitz on half of Daniels dropbacks or anything like that but what I think is important to note is that, you know, against Ohio State, he kind of employed that same that same sort of game plan. He just tried to get pressure with his front four. He only blitzed on twenty nine percent of passing downs, and he kind of hoped his secondary would hold up if they had extra guys back there, and they didn't. So, I think that's going to be sort of you know what determines who wins this game. Um, you know, we're, we're break, breaking in a new center and we've got some guys moving around, but they're not an inexperienced offensive group, uh, offensive line group. So, um, but, uh, you want to get to some plays? Um, yeah, let's do it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think 
First of all, I want to say we know Clemson's front four is good. We've talked about them a lot. Um, they've been hyped by everybody, but this Georgia offensive line has been going up against Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt and Jalen Carter and Adam Anderson and all these guys, Nolan Smith. Um, yeah, we're going to – so like, and after that, I've, at the end of this, I've got sort of sort of that O line and O line versus yeah, D line. Totally. We'll get to that in a little bit because it is that I mean, like that's the reason we're talking so much about this because that's where the the, the battle's going to be won. It's cliche, like I wrote in <laughs> for dog sports, but that's right. It's it's two really four really good units O line and D line for both squads. All right, yeah. 100%. So this first play. So yeah, and I, I mean, you know, before uh, while you while you're pulling that up, I think like. I want to stress also, uh, we don't know if Darnell Washington is going to play on Saturday night. And if he does suit up or play, we don't know how healthy he is. We do know that John Fitzpatrick is healthy. And as much as this is probably going to anger some people, uh, I think that might be even more important for Georgia in this game just because of his skill set as a blocker and his experience. Yeah. So, uh, he is the highest graded returning pass blocker on Georgia's team um, by PFF. Uh, the only guy I think that, that had a higher grade was Broderick Jones, but like those were garbage time snaps and only in a couple games. So like Fitzpatrick blocks like an offensive lineman, having him in the backfield is like having a sixth offensive lineman. I can't stress how important that is for Georgia. Um, but yeah, he can also get out and catch the ball and, he can also kind of do that from some of those H-back positions. So if you want to uh, kind of run those clips. Um, yep. Because I think what we'll see Georgia do is uh, some, of, some of these kind of packages like you've got right here. So a little bit of a, a situation where, you know, JT's moving the pocket. He's got some action where he can either hit the running back or the tight end, just depending on, on who the defense takes and how things influence. And I think that that is really key to have some of these kind of quick plays, quick passes, get the ball out early, just keep that defensive line from pinning their ears back. Um, Here we see a similar type of delayed release concept with Fitzpatrick. The reverse angle on this is really nice. But, you know, he's staying in as a blocker on this, and he he gets a little chip, and he he helps hold off the pass rush, and then he just leaks out on this little route, and there's nobody within, you know – 12, 15 yards of them. Those are the type of plays that I think will be very, very open for Georgia on Saturday night. If, uh, if, and when Clemson does blitz. And I think, you know, Daniels showed us a lot both in the spring game and in the peach bowl that he is comfortable moving around and, you know, there can be guys bearing down on him and he's going to make his throws. So here we've got Kyrus Jackson on screen. Um, but you know, you see Fitzpatrick, come in motion there and get out and kind of provide that block that springs it. I think screens are so, so key to this ball game. Um, I mean, like, you know, when, when you're a kid and, and you're learning about football, you know, like, what do you, you know, what do you do to beat the blitz? It's, it's screens and draws. Right. And so um, I think that you're going to see Todd Mockin get guys like Kyrus out there early Um there's Jermaine Burton running the same exact concept, except for Trey McKitty is blocking that one. So I think whoever's in it tight end for Georgia, uh, they will be able to to do this and and do it well. Um, but I I also want to kind of uh, at least mention that folks need to watch out for Lad McConkey on Saturday night. Um, you know he's a name that 
I think we've been hearing a lot uh, and that some folks have been buzzing about. I know Rusty Manziel over at uh, Dogs 24-7 predicted earlier this week, or maybe, I'm sorry, last week, that he would have the most receptions of any player on the team, which is uh, kind of wild. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think that type of player who is shifty and good in space and can just kind of find little – little open windows and sit down in them and is good at reading a defense. And then I do predict as well that we're going to see an end around, man. Um, I think that everything that we've seen from Clemson's Clemson's D line on tape, they are aggressive. And I think that they kind of have a little bit of a mentality that they have got to go out and make plays and get to the quarterback in a hurry because that secondary has struggled. Um, and I think they feel the pressure of that a little bit sometimes. And I think that you can use that against them and let them influence upfield, let them, you know, over pursue and catch them on some, some end rounds or even some throwback kind of action on a, like a wheel route with a, a tight end or a, a running back kind of delay wheel route out of the backfield. So look for that because I think that we'll see that from Monken. Um, those tight end wheel routes, especially like that was something he liked to run at Tampa Bay uh, with, with OJ Howard was leave him in the block, let him chip somebody and then let him. And these are slowly. Leave. And these are all plays and concepts that are designed to get the ball out quickly. You know, like you say, to, to beat that pressure and stuff. So that's the best way, you know, if they're going to blitz and bring pressure is just, you know, get the ball out quickly. And then you're, you've slipped into the, the, the second level pretty quick with a guy. And we have so many, these aren't just dump off pat. You're getting ball to playmakers. Um, yeah. You know, Fitzpatrick is, you know, people forget how good he's a four star tight end that can block and catch and run. So right. he's not, yeah, he's six, six, 250 pounds in his own right. I mean, he's a, he's a stud, like, you know, and he was highly recruited and, um, you know, he had offers from lots of big programs too. So not that we don't love Darnell because we love Darnell. And I do think Darnell is probably more of a downfield threat than Fitzpatrick is. But my concern for Georgia in this game is not that they have a lack of downfield threats. My concern for Georgia in this game is, is holding up. And, you know, the first thing that has to happen or anything else can happen is that Georgia has to, that Clemson's D line doesn't wreck this football game. Yeah. And, John Fitzpatrick can help make sure that happens. Um, All right. So you wanted to talk about some of the other things, not just getting the ball out quickly, but uh, JT's uh, ability to get the ball to all areas of the field. Yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, we've got some more good data there, and it's just kind of JT's uh, passing grades on uh, on different throws. And so, yeah, if you look at his depths and – just where he's throwing the ball. You don't see any huge holes in his game. Actually, the spots where he's graded the lowest are like behind the line of scrimmage. Um, and I, you know, I wouldn't be concerned about that. We know that JT Daniels can hit screen passes, so don't stress there. But um, yeah, I mean, these these deep balls, like he's going to want to throw down the, the center of the field. And, and when, when they say deep center, that's between the numbers, not between the hashes. Um, so that is a pretty wide you know, swath in the middle of the field. But, um, man, I, I think that that's a huge advantage that, that Georgia has in this game. It's just that Daniels is comfortable taking whatever the defense is going to give him. Um, and, you know, 
we're not in a situation where Georgia is going to have to like shove a square peg into a round hole because the quarterback is limited and the ball has to go to certain places because the only place he's comfortable throwing it. And like, we saw that against Alabama last year with Stetson Bennett, right? Like Bennett loved to throw in the middle of the field and he wasn't super comfortable throwing other places. And in the second half of that game, they started keying on that and he started rifling balls into triple coverage. And and that was that. And so I think just with Daniels, like, A, he sees the field really well, but B, he can make all the throws. And I think, you know, the the deep balls in this game, we're going to see them. And, and, you know, if Georgia uh, can hit them, great. I think that they're going to have to hit one or two to loosen up this defense. But uh, I think the intermediate and short throws are going to be just as important. Those are the building blocks of this offense. That's what moves the chains. That's what keeps – momentum happening and it also is going to influence that Clemson defense to you know switch switch out of coverages and have to move around in a way that's going to favor Georgia well um I wanted to, sh- to talk also about our uh, you know dogs are returning uh second in power five rushing yards and I know that um hang on a second here what do we do here there we go um and you know, we've talked about Darnell. We've talked about the wide receivers. We talked about that, but let's not forget this five running backs in you know, not even counting Lavasi Carroll who can get the ball and do things and do and, and make explosive play out of the backfield. And I think that speaks to again, winning that line of scrimmage. Uh, we're returning, you know, so many, so much production out of the backfield that, um, yeah, this, this, I, and I, you know, we talked about it with Tony on from waiting since last Saturday, you know, James Cook is is kind of not the forgotten guy by any stretch, but I think he can be extremely explosive at coming out in different positions, coming out of the backfield, lining up in the slot. I, I'm excited to to uh, to see how JT and and you talk about getting the ball to a playmaker, um, you know, quickly. And James Cook is right there. You know, if it's Patrick and if Darnell plays for sure, but I mean, don't let's James Cook is legit. He shows right here. You can he just ran it right up right up the middle. Um, so I, I kind of change it up. We're going to get back to the O-line and D-line play, but uh, I just kind of led into what you're talking about. And if we can get these short, quick plays, take the pressure off JT, and then they have to keep, you know, put seven guys in the box, you know, then like you talked about, JT can go all over the field and, and make some explosive plays over the top. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, I think, you know, the, the important thing to remember uh, about the last time we saw Clemson, I think everyone really remembers well watching Justin Fields throw for six touchdowns and, and shred them for 385 yards. But what people have forgotten is that Trey Sermon ran for 193 yards on 31 carries in that game. And he had a couple explosive runs, but a lot of it was just six, eight, 10, 12 yard, you know, pops like you're showing us right here. And, you know, Georgia can do that on Saturday. Um, it just opens up so much, man. Like, I truthfully think if Georgia can run the ball in this game and force Clemson to start bringing guys down towards the line of scrimmage, uh, it it could be a really long night for Clemson's defense just because at that point Georgia has them on their heels. And that secondary, you know, Andrew Booth is a good player, but he, he did struggle against the elite teams they played last year. But there's just not really that lockdown guy back there, at least as we know in this moment, um, that that can just kind of like put the handcuffs on somebody in man coverage. And so if 
if Georgia's all of a sudden running the ball and they have to commit more guys to stopping the rush and they're stuck in some of these kind of cover zero type situations we were talking about earlier, it could be just a lot of fun for Georgia fans on Saturday night. I'll say that. Well, here's the thing I wrote for Dog Sports that came out yesterday, and it's kind of the the, the two line plays here. You can see that Clemson and Georgia are returning a lot of snaps. The interesting part is that um, Georgia is returning uh, 2,500 snaps on the offensive line, and, and Clemson is returning even more snaps on the D line. But uh, the games for Georgia is that's like you know top ten snaps, but only like thirtieth um, in in actual game played. So you, Georgia was getting a lot of got us a lot of snaps on a lot of players, um, and you know and the, not a lot of sacks given up by those guys. These are the returning guys. You're not just this is not does not include Trey Hill or anybody that, that's not on the team. These are the guys that are returning um, and only giving up only forty three pressures. You can see on the flip side of that. Um, that PFF grade of 66.6 is tied for six in power five. And that's, that's equal to what Alabama is returning on the D line. So this is, this is a legit D line. That's going to be, uh, trying to, to get JT off the spot and stop the run, stop the run there. I mean, a lot of pressures, a lot of games. That's a, that's an experience O line, uh, D line there. We got, and if we look at the players here, that miles Murphy is the one that, um, is, is gonna he's there, Jordan Davis, uh, at least in in production there, with a ninety two percent run, uh, ninety two point five uh, PFF run grade against Murphy's the run. A freak, dude, he's a freak. He's a game yeah. record. I mean, that's the guy. I feel like Brzee gets talked about more, but uh, Murphy's the guy that worries me the most uh, if I'm trying to game plan against Clemson. Yeah, I mean, twenty pressures, five sacks, four hundred twenty snaps last year. Um, yeah, he, he's, he's going to be clogging up the middle on the, on the other side of the, of the line of scrimmage here, the guys that we've got that have game play and have PFF grades. I mean, Schaefer, Salyer and, and Erickson are all going to be a huge part. Uh, Tate Ratledge, I understand, I think, or if I read that right, it's going to be, um, on the right guard. It's, it, he's one spot. Don't have much on him. He only got in the Auburn game. He only, I think he, I think he only played in the Auburn game. Uh, but you know, that's a lot of snaps and those grades that we've got from Salyer and, and, and Schaefer are good grades. Uh, and, um, and it's a lot of snaps and a lot of, and uh, so it's not an inexperienced line. It's a new line guys moving around, but, um, you know, it's, it, i you see it all over the, the comments and, and all the blogs that, you know, this is, we're going to see what Matt Luke can do. Um, and this, he's going to be in the national spotlight and everyone knows what's coming at him. So if, if the O-line can't get it done, it's going to be some pressure on them. But I think they're they, – we, we've got everything we need to 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 execute these plays, either whether, whether it's over the top or, you know, these quick plays to against the pressure. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, we've talked about and uh, and you've talked about and done some really good stuff on on George's uh, sweet blocking since, since Monken and Luke showed up and kind of, you know, how, how Georgia's really gone back to – to truly pulling some of these interior linemen and getting those guys out on the edge. And I think that is perhaps a way for Georgia on Saturday night to just, again, kind of keep this defensive line off balance. I think we will see some of these types of plays where, you know, guards are, are pulling and coming around and, and, you know, some double teams in certain spots to try and deal with a guy like Murphy or Brzee and just creative sort of offensive line scheme. I don't expect Georgia to always just, you know, try to man up one-on-one and, and, you know, get a push. Uh, yeah. 
It's, yeah, it's not going to be our, our typical zone blocking. Uh, I think yeah, we're going to be we're going to be more creative, and that's I think that's we did. We I know we talked about last year going into what we might see out of Matt Luke and the Monken offense, but with the shortened with no spring and and the and the just the the craziness last season and the new system we were putting in, we didn't quite get to see it until the end of the year. But I, I'm excited to what he can do with a very loaded offensive line room and and a full off season to to implement what he wants to you know uh, get done on blocking. One hundred percent. So you, if, you've got some data on Clemson's O line too, right? Yep. Uh, here's the O line. Um, it's a again an experienced Clemson O line, um, and not a lot of pressures and sacks given up. The 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 grade there is is good, but not great. Uh, but it's a very experienced line. They are also replacing a center, and and your conversation with uh, on Hunter Sanford. I for, I'm sorry, I forgot. You're on three Clemson guy's name, but Matt Conley. Yeah. Matt Conley. Thank you, Matt. I knew it was Matt. I just couldn't remember the last name. Matt, you know, talked about the, 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 the battle for the center didn't go quite as what they, according to him, didn't go quite as, uh, as well as they expected. And I even read uh, today on Twitter that they're going to be starting a couple, you know, different guys are going to get snaps at center. Yeah. No. And I think that's a big storyline. Um, you know, I think, uh, if I have my data correctly, and I know this is a lot of speculation, but um, I believe it was uh, Brockers that they were, uh, you know, hoping, I think, to, to kind of lock down a, a position. And I also saw Mason Trotter, I think, was going to. Yeah, Trotter. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, I think there's a, like, they're talking about Bach. Uh, you know, Brockhurst, Brockhurst, yeah. Um, playing center, and so basically, if he's going to play center, then there's going to be a true freshman starting next to him. Um, that's from Anna Hickey at twenty four seven. She had tweeted that out earlier today. Sorry, I was trying to pull this back up in a thread. Um, so that's going to be very interesting, right? Like to to throw a true freshman out there against Georgia, and the other thing too is just that. Bockers got put on skates versus Notre Dame. Um, he really did. And uh, not trying to, you know, be be rude or unfriendly or anything like that. It's just like when you look at the tape, he had a really rough night against Notre Dame. And all due respect to Notre Dame, but, like, what they have up front is nothing close to what he's going to see against Georgia. Um, and so if you've got him, you know, at, at center and then – I think the true freshman she's referring to is a, a kid named Marcus Tate. So it's like if you've got a, a guy at center that's struggling and a true freshman at guard and you're asking yeah. them to hold down Carter, Wyatt, and Davis, good luck. And so, you know, when we get into the prediction part, I'll I'll kind of give my spiel on this. But, like, this goes back to the thing I keep talking about, Josh, is that there is a, like, I think a decent – decently sized chance that that Georgia's defensive line just super bowls this game and just wrecks the shit out of everything. And just Clemson's not able to, to do a lot of the fundamental stuff that they should be able to do because DJ's having to, you know, take off and, and run backwards at the snap basically. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it, what can they, you know, we've talked about it a bunch. It's like, well, if plan A is not working, you better have a plan B and and if, and, if plan B is, you know, if Georgia's plan A is to get pressure to him and, and that's going to be what can we do 
if DJ starts running, you know, I like our, our linebackers in that situation. You know, if he's not getting time to throw those deep balls like he likes to throw, Matt Conley talks about how much he liked to throw the deep ball. He, and wow. sometimes last year, he, DJ threw it when it wasn't advisable to do that. Um, and certainly we've seen that arm, but, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, we, we kind of highlighted some of DJ's plays, but, you know, he's only got two games um, and they're not all perfect. And I think, you know, getting him off his spot, not letting him set up and, and, you know, get through his reads. I think that it's, it sets up quite nicely, especially if there's, if there's a little uh, moving, like you say, you know, some, some young players starting and moving around throughout that game. And you've got Carter and Jalen and why you got Carter, uh, Jordan Davis and and Wyatt coming down at you. I think you're right. I mean, if that goes like we want it to go, it it could be a very long night for the, uh, for the Tigers on offense. Yeah, 100%, man. And I mean, I think, you know, uh, talking about DJ, all that we've heard, not all that we heard, I shouldn't say that, but we've heard a lot of people, you know, my dad was watching college football live in there earlier this afternoon. I came walking through the living room and like, you know, it's uh, Desmond Howard and Greg McElroy just like raving about all the yards that DJ threw for in the Notre Dame game, which is true, but like, if you look at the amount of yards in that game that came after the catch, it is very, very, very significant. We covered that on a previous show, but like there, you know, the majority of his throws that night were on screens. Um, And we know he's got a big arm. We know he likes to throw the ball down the field. I'm sure he's got downfield accuracy. I'm not trying to say that he's not a great quarterback because I think that he, is going to be a great quarterback and he already is a very good quarterback. But like, if you look at his PFF grades compared to, to JT, um, you know, JT was a 91 uh, passing grade when kept clean. DJ's a, a 78, right? JT's, you know, uh, grade is, you know, in the, in the eighties when he's blitz, J, uh, DJ's is a, a 71.5. So I think like the dude is on the Dr. Pepper commercials He's, you know, he was a super recruit, like the way that we've come to look at him within kind of just like the college football ecosystem is the way that we normally look at uh, a veteran Heisman candidate quarterback. And I think that he's going to be that one day, but I, I haven't heard a single person like bring up the fact like this dude has never played in front of a full college stadium. You know, um, the two times that he did start last year. Clemson started kind of slow. And I don't know that if that, like, I think if that happens against Georgia, I don't know that they can just flip that switch and all of a sudden, you know, go score on three or four straight possessions. Georgia's defense is too good for that. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think Georgia's giving it up a 28 to 10 lead of course. Um, And, you know, and like you said, both games, he had to, it was impressive, especially the Boston college. I mean, that game looked to be like it was going to be a loss and he, made the plays but like if georgia can put up and get a lead yeah i don't i they're not gonna they're not gonna blow it like those two defenses that he he came back on and um i mean georgia's loaded and you know i I, darian kendrick you know is you know he wants to have a great game (laughs) you just know it does and uh and i think are we hearing that um tyke smith is gonna play man you know i i've heard so much stuff both ways that uh i don't you know i definitely don't want to sit here and pretend like i know anything definitive because i think these things are so kind of like depends on how he feels that morning type of deal um 
He's going to make the trip, right? He's definitely making the trip, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, I, I did have someone tell me earlier this week that, like, he was going to play. Um, I also had that, you know, a, a couple of people tell me that they expect Darnell to play. I just don't know. And so I don't want to sit here and, you know, put anything out there that that's not going to be true or anything like that. Um, I think that if Tyke plays – it's a it's probably a bigger boost than if Darnell plays, maybe. Um, but like with Darnell, you know, with a foot injury, it's like he knows where he has to go. He's the guy running routes. I think for Tyke, I worry about him a little bit because like where he has to go is dictated by, you know, what the receiver is doing. Um, so I, I I don't think they're gonna put anybody out there that's not ready to go and that can't do their job. Uh, I, I think I think from all those, all that news. I think what you can say as a Georgia fan, things are trending the right way. You know, yeah, for totally. for so, for some of those guys, we didn't, we were that looked to be unlikely to play. Some of them are, they're all trending the right way, and that which is good news. Even if they don't play in Clemson, it's good news for a quick return to uh, being on the field. One hundred percent, yeah. I mean, Monty Rice, you know, he played all of last season with a foot injury and uh, was in pain and and all of that, but like his performance really didn't dip um, due to that injury. And so I think we could see those guys maybe go, uh, maybe go out there and split time with other players, maybe be used in some, you know, special packages or specific ways. But uh, I think that if they don't play, Georgia's got a very good plan for, for how to manage that. All right. You want to, want to try to do some prediction here? Um, who, uh, who do you think is going to be the MVP of the game for Georgia? All right. All right. Hold on. Let me, let me talk through this a little bit and then you can talk to it. All right. I threw that at you. So no, 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 you're good. So, I mean, I think just looking at this entire game, right? Like, um, to answer your first question, I think that one of those guys on the interior line is probably going to be the MVP of this game for Georgia. Uh, you know, that's the, the quickest, the quickest, uh, way to get anywhere is a straight line and the spot that's closest to the quarterback is the guy that lines up right over the center. Um, and so if, if Bockhurst or whoever is playing in that spot is, is a little green or maybe just not, you know, truthfully, if, if whoever's sitting there isn't a, a stud, then it's going to be a long night for Clemson with, with Davis and, and Devonte Wyatt coming over the, you know, coming over the center. So I think that that, is probably in my mind who's your MVP. Uh, Daniels is also an obvious potential choice, um, but I think we kind of expect that from him at this point. So, like when I look at this game, um, you know, you just did a really good job of breaking down the line of scrimmage matchup. I think at the quarterback position, um, Georgia does have a guy that's more experienced and that is more proven. And, you know, I know JT Daniels has only played like 16, 17 college games, but like we've seen him make some throws that we haven't seen DJ make. And we've, you know, seen him go onto the road and as a true freshman, you know, play in some big games and some big environments. So with Daniels, like, I feel like Georgia has a little bit of an edge from a, psychological kind of poise standpoint from an experience standpoint. 
I think DJ is ultimately the guy that's like going to be the better NFL prospect or the more talented guy. But there's a difference between that and just what matters for this game on Saturday night. Right. Um, so like Deshaun Watson played against Hudson Mason back in 2014 uh, and, and Georgia got that win because Watson was a young quarterback. Right. So I, I think that Georgia has an edge a little bit there at the quarterback position. Um, I think a lot of this game just kind of comes down to how much has Clemson's defense grown up? Has that secondary, you know, really raised their level over the off season? If so, then maybe things are more difficult for Georgia. But when, when we heard that Tyke and Darnell were going to be out, uh, I kind of like went from a spot of being positive about this game to, to feeling like Georgia is probably going to lose this game. Um, then kind of going back through the tape and looking at just the raw data and, and, you know, what Georgia needs to do to win versus what Clemson needs to do to win. I think that Georgia has more paths to win this game than Clemson does. That's um, a great, I love that take. Uh, that's exactly how I feel. Like if I feel like they've got a better plan B uh, should, you know, like you talked about, you know, getting the ball out, quickly or you know if they if they drop back i think that we can that jt can go where put the ball where it needs to go so i i think the plan b for georgia if plan a is not working is exactly more paths to win this game i love that yeah 100 percent. and i think like for clemson um i mean matt was was he was very adamant that, that clemson is not going to be able to run the ball on georgia and so for them to win this game I think the DJ has to go out and throw for 350 or 400 yards. And that's like, a lot. That's, that's a lot, a lot yeah. to ask, man. It's just a yeah. lot to ask. And I think the other thing that has kind of been slept on with Clemson's wide receiving core is Justin Ross is back, but we haven't seen him play football in, you know, a couple of years, but you've got Ross, you've got Frank Ladson, and then you got not a, and uh, those are a, a bunch of really tall, athletic, blue-chip wide receivers. But that group only has four 100-yard receiving games in six combined seasons among them. And all of those games belong to Justin Ross, who we don't really know, you know where he is physically. Um, I think those guys are freaks physically. I think that they are great athletes. But like going back and looking how Clemson beat you know, Notre Dame last year when DJ was the quarterback in Boston College too, it was ETN, uh, Amari Rogers, you know, Cornell Powell. It was a lot of short, quick game, run after the catch type stuff. Will Ship Shipley scares me, the true freshman for Clemson that's, uh, you know, from he's from like I think Weddington or Matthews, somewhere close to Charlotte, and this will be his first game. And, I, you know, I think he's a guy that – uh, could be like, you know, the, the kid coming out of the backfield on the wheel route. Uh, and, you know, we've, we've seen that before with Georgia. But I just, man, the more that I go through this, I think Georgia's advantage at the line of scrimmage on defense is so great that I, – I, And just listening to you talk through this, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of Desmond Ritter for Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he had a, a great – you know, first two and a half quarters of that game. But once Georgia got home and got pressure, and that was, you know, they lost an offensive lineman and that we exploited, you know, it, it Georgia's defense 
took over that game and kept us in it enough for JT to, to get the, get, you know, 10 points there late in the game. So I like, you know, if we can, if, you know, if Matt on Matt Conley of on three is saying that Clemson can't run the ball on Georgia or, or won't be able to run with much success. I like a one dimensional DJ, especially getting pressure on, like we keep talking about the, you know, a, you know, possible weakness on that, um, the use of that offensive line. Yeah. I mean, 100%. It's like, if you can uh, put Adam Anderson on the field, and, you know, let him just pin his ears back two out of every three downs. That's a nightmare, man. And that's not even talking about the guys on the interior or just your, your DNs and your regular edge players. So I, I hate to say this because like when I, when I put out our, you know, put out some sec predictions last week, I, I had Georgia 11 and one. And when I did that, I was expecting to predict Clemson, to win this game because it was kind of on the heels of that injury news, but just like the data and the film bear it out. I think that Georgia wins this game. I really do. And I think that, Good they, dogs. yeah, I think they win this game. Like, I don't think it's as high scoring as everybody thinks it's going to be, but you know, I think that Georgia can, can score 35 points on this, on this defense. Um, <laughs> You know, that, that's a lot of that would if you're telling me it we is, get, but it's not, it, you know, it's I'm, not I'm not I'm not saying it's like it's impossible. Yeah. If, if you're telling me that Georgia can can get to 30, I, I like our chances. Right. I really do. I, 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 I think with you. I, I really if, if it's a if Georgia, I think the team that can get to 30 is going to win this game. And that's easy to say. Well, that's a lot of points. But in, in today's game, that's, you know, Clemson and LSU and, you know, high powered offenses are putting 40 up a game. So getting getting to 30 points is, is going to be good because both these defenses are good. Uh, and and I I think I like I like a thirty one twenty four thirty one twenty seven uh, Georgia game um, I do and I think my 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 MVP is James Cook I, I'm all on nice. James Cook this year I okay. I think his I think if Darnell doesn't play or if, um, you know we've got some guys coming back from injury I think he's going to be could be lining up in the slot and you know he's going to be back there with whether Chris uh, with Kendall Milton and and Zamir out and you know two back sets uh, you know. You, you can. It's. I'm, I think he's going to be getting a lot of touches. And my, uh, I think he could be. You know, I think Tony said it on our show and on his podcast that he could be the leading receiver uh, in this game. Yeah, no, there, there's definitely a chance. I mean, I think him and McIntosh both. Um, I think that we could see a big play from those guys, like one of those guys or both of those guys coming out of the backfield or lining up in the slot. And you know, I think. Uh, those angle routes, you know, that we uh, we've shown here, I think a ton this off season, that angle route that cook ran against Missouri on like third and third and 11 uh, where, you know, he ran a beautiful route and JT put it right on the money and, and it was gone. He's over with, I think that, you know, Georgia could kind of stress this defense to the point where um, we see a couple plays like that, where somebody catches a, you know, an eight to 12 yard pass and all of a sudden they look up and there's nobody there and they're gone. Um, Cause that's just sort of how, how Venable schemes things. But yeah, score wise, I, I mean, I, I'm going to go, you know, like in that, let's say 34 to 28 or something like that. We've like, looked at this game so much. Our heads I know, are man. I mean, like, you know, picking, picking scores is, is hard. Um, yeah. What I will say, though, is like, and I'm going to knock on wood here. 
because I don't want to jinx anything, but like it really wouldn't shock me if a like if a couple things just kind of happen the way that that maybe they should happen on paper. Um, it wouldn't shock me if Georgia wins this game like pretty comfortably. Like if it's if it's not you know just a, a ball buster down to the end, it wouldn't shock me for Georgia to win this game by like ten to seventeen points. Um, and I think that's all all about the defensive line. Um, I just like I think Clemson is is going to be great. I think that DJ is going to be great. I just think that like we're we as a college football public are making a ton of assumptions on who he is and, and what he's going to be. And he's never been in this environment before. And, and we haven't seen him, you know, in front of a full stadium and, and we haven't seen him play a defense this fast either. Um, Ohio state's probably close, but like, I, I think that Georgia may well have the fastest defense, this side of Alabama. In college. I mean, and he didn't play Ohio state, so he right, hadn't seen it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he played Notre Dame. You're right. Um, so it's going to be interesting, man. I think it's going to be a, a fun game. I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, I, you know, I would encourage everyone, whether it goes really well or it goes really poorly, to to keep a level head because it's it's week one. And if Georgia wins this game, uh, you know, yeah, we've we've yeah, we've all talked about this. It's like oh, we get a you know then it, you know the path to the. It's it's the same thing. Enjoy this game, and let's not worry about. Yeah, totally. Just have let's fun. not worry. Yeah. Let's. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kirby's not thinking about anything other than this game, and I think we, yeah, exactly. Enjoy this game. Enjoy the full stadium. Enjoy being on the national stage. Uh, you know, I, I I'm excited for that. Yeah, I will say that I think if either coach uh, finds themselves up in this game and with the opportunity to to tack on a couple extra scores that are going to do it because neither of these coaches wants to play the other a second time this year. That's um, a good point. And if they have to play again, the advantage is going to go to whoever lost this game the first time around. So like if, if Georgia is winning this game and they have a chance to, to go and, and kind of put their foot on Clemson's throat, they're going to do it because like, if you look at Clemson's schedule, it's, it's garbage the rest of the year. I mean, they'll be a three touchdown favorite against everyone else they play until the ACC title game. And so they may not have an opportunity to play anyone else that can kind of like bump them back up. Um, that's all speculation. I think the, the percentage of that happening is like between, you know, two and five. Um, so we, we probably shouldn't worry about it that much, but yeah, man, I just I think this is kind of Georgia's moment right here. Uh, I think this will just be a, an opportunity for them to to maybe kind of get a little bit of the the crap off of their back and go out there, have fun, win this game. Uh, it doesn't doesn't mean anything for the rest of the season, like we said, but I just I think they win this game, man. I just think that that, that, that D line is too much. I think that pass rush is too much. All right, that's it. We're going to be back later in the week, um, and we're going to be talking, you know, any late-breaking news. Maybe we'll find an interview. Maybe we'll have some fun, but talk about some of the other games. But uh, it's game week. Um, yeah, 100%. And, and uh, we will be in touch. Please subscribe and, to the YouTube channel. Please leave us uh, ratings and reviews on, on the podcast, and uh, follow us on Twitter. I am dog underscore stats. My friend Graham is dog out west on twitter we both are writing for dogsports.com and yeah, uh 
yeah and uh we're excited to be talking about stuff and please follow and interact we love getting the comments uh, from even from angry fans uh the opposite fan base we we really do uh it's a lot of fun Graham, what do you got anything else (laughs) tiger nets or tiger net we we appreciate your engagement too even if you hate us um no man just uh yeah thank you for uh thank you as always for for putting on a great show and uh I'm I'm excited to get back with you on Thursday and talk about this game some more. It's it's finally here and it's it's a fun one to start the year off with and enjoy it, man. We'll we'll be back soon on Thursday. All right. With that, we're out and go dogs. Go dogs.